This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Amazon is hiring near you. Earn a competitive wage and start as soon as seven days. No resume or experience required. Health and safety are a top priority with all of our roles and sites. Amazon is taking precautions in our buildings to keep people healthy. Go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Welcome to episode five of Power Players, powered by Radio.com. I'm your hostess, Danielle McCartan. I've got another good one for you today. Joining us today on Power Players is a silver medal winning Olympian, one of the best to ever step inside the circle, a pitcher for Team USA, Monica Abbott. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm so happy. Um, thanks for asking me to be on. And- Obviously, the main thing is that the Olympics is postponed. So I think, I hope you remember, we talked years ago about how happy we were that softball is finally recognized as an Olympic sport again. And now we have to wait one more year for it. What was your initial emotional reaction to getting that news? I know. Oh, oh my gosh. You wait for so long, right? 12 years to get back in and... You know, you you sign petitions and you campaign and you talk to, you know, a lot of people, a lot of higher-ups, a lot of people to help get the sport back on the Olympic docket for 2020. And and then we have COVID-19. <laughs> so we waited this long. So, I mean, I'm sure that everyone in the softball community is still going to be so thrilled to be able to watch softball um, on the world stage. It's just going to take us about a year longer to get to get there so just gives an opportunity for more dreams and um, hype and all of that to be built up I mean 12 years what's one more at this point right (laughs) yeah I was was kind of joking around saying like oh my gosh it's like the world's longest rain delay Um, (laughs) in softball you know we're always having to deal with weather so I saw an interview you said that all the players jumped on a call to get the news it was like a shared experience you said what were the, some of the comments that you heard right on that call that night or that day? I just heard a lot of things. Like, obviously, we're disappointed, um, a little bit of shock, but also very – overall, it was very positive. Just of like, okay, like, this is a good decision. We need to be – take care of the world first because the Olympics is a world game. So if you're not taking care of the health of all those people and all the athletes, then, you know, are we really – 
competing at the, the highest level. And everyone wants to be able to show the work that they've put in and the work that they've done up to this point. Having been there before, what comments do you offer on that call? I just kind of was like, well, I think it was the right decision. Just, I think it was the right decision. You know, we equal playing field, getting people to be global citizens, you know, worldly global citizens is what we represent. And we represent something true and healthy. And that's what sports are, right? They bring people together in a positive manner. And they are very important for for everyone, you know, and if I'm able to train, but someone in, in Italy isn't or someone in New York isn't, is that really the Olympic experience we want? So I think just this disease is hitting different people at different times and hitting different areas of the world at different times. And we have to respect that and still know that we can still compete and be the best athletes we can a year from now. For many of us, uh, softball is life. And I saw that you had said this in an interview and you said the quote was, in some ways with the delay, it makes me think about putting my life on hold for another year. What do you have to put on hold to be an Olympic pitcher? Well, I think anyone can tell you that as a female athlete, you know, when you compete at the highest level possible, like you're putting other things on hold, there's sacrifices that you make that are just part of it. Um, whether that's a little bit of personal life sometimes, whether that's sacrifices, missing events with your family, missing this or missing that, all of those things. As someone later in my career, you know, just little things like that, you know, it's just different parts of life that you're maybe looking forward to, um, whether it's like getting a dog or getting married or, you know, having children or those things aren't as easy for people to do that are women (laughs) in a nutshell, basically. So it's just different aspects of life that maybe we have to think about as female athletes that maybe other people don't. Yeah, very interesting. I'm glad you went there. Not only were the Olympic Games postponed, but your USA softball stand beside her tour games were also canceled. Are there any plans in the works to, I guess, reestablish that tournament as, you know, a precursor to the Olympics? Yeah, you know, the stand beside her tour was canceled. um, But basically from February to about early early May, we played a, we were going to play a lot of the college kids. So once um, NCAA sports got canceled, we had to, you know, we didn't have we couldn't no longer go to the University of Tennessee to play your school. To play them, you know, we could go, go. Yeah, exactly. My school. We couldn't go to Washington to play at the University of Washington. Just different things like that. Though that um, there were, the team was disbanded. So. Just, I'm sure next year they're going to try to figure out another way to do the tour and come up with some games and events that will help us prepare for the game. We got to just press USA softball to put all that into into play, you know? Mm-hmm. I saw you said this. You said, we play for the three letters across our chest and the people in the stands. And it just struck me in these times especially about the part, the part about playing for the people in the stands. What are your thoughts on if you had to play in front of not one single fan? Um, you know, we had a big talk about that. And I just, part of me is kind of like, you know, athletically you're still competing. But in this case, like, would we be having a bigger impact playing right now in front of nobody but maybe having it broadcasted all over the country to the people that are at home, like struggling, you know, giving them struggling or 
feeling down or depressed because of what's happening and they're not able to play and they're not able to enjoy the sport. So is it better to be able to play with no one in the stands to have the opportunity to have it broadcast or streamed to them? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. It, that's an uncharted territory that no one really knows, but I think, you know, I'd like to think that it would create some joy and happiness for people. Do you think, I mean, it, is something like that in the works or no? Is that just an idea? Um, and right now we, you know, we're just like everyone else. Nothing's happening until bands get lifted and we can't travel. You know, you can't be in groups of eight or more. So softball's is nine on the field and up to 20, you know, 20 or 25 people. So Right now, that's not in the works at all, and we'll kind of see what um, our governing body comes up with after things kind of calm down. But I'm sure there will be some events, hopefully, if uh, COVID-19 can just chill out for a little bit and go away. (laughs) Also in these times, what additional significance do those three letters on your chest stand for when you come to the world stage next summer? Yeah, I think it just means so much more now. It, I just think it means so much more now because just us as Americans, we've really seen, uh, you know, we have the most cases. We have them. So many more people have come out, like the health workers, the people that are constantly working through all of this to keep America running, you know. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law to keep this country moving forward and we just have a duty to them as well to represent on the world stage as far as like a competitive battle um, to represent all those people that have worked so hard to keep us having that opportunity to be able to play. Being the youngest player on the most recent USA Olympic team, 2008 we're talking, are you, I was I was curious, are you and Kat Osterman the only two to play in, in 08 and then again in 2021? Yes. That's quite an accomplishment, Monica. Thanks. You know, I've been playing since then. I was the youngest one in 08, like you know, like you said, and um, I've continued to play throughout. So it just seems like a natural thing to go back. Um, Coach Erickson kind of talked to me throughout to my process of returning to the national team and talking about having me wear red, white, and blue again and and what that mean, meant and what it look, would look like and the impact that I could have for the team. And um, So I really felt like it was, the timing was right for me to do it, and I'm happy that I did it. And Kat obviously has her own story, having retired and come back and now being, you know, a leader on the team and the old, the old soul. It's pretty cool to be able to experience that with her. What are you hoping that you will, I guess, teach or show to the younger athletes on the team now? I think just, um, I think the consistency, obviously, everyone knows like what it means to wear USA across the chest. But I mean, I think 
what does it look like in action um, in good times and bad times, in the tough moments, in the everyday moments, no matter if you're wearing the uniform or not. And I think that's really important for all, all the people on the team to understand. I went back and I watched the highlights from that, that 2008 loss to Japan in the gold medal game. And I know as players, we always think back to, in our mind, I mean, we recreate plays that we wish we could have changed. I know I used to do it either on the bus ride back or before I went to sleep at night. Which plays from that 2008 game replay in your mind's eye? Gosh, a lot of things replay just because the the game, there was a lot of things that went on. The weather, we had to deal with some weather issues. Um, obviously, I replay and I always think about how good Yukiko Ueno did um, that day, you know, throwing back-to-back games the night before, something like 600 pitches in less than 24 hours, like things wow. like that, these just amazing Olympic experiences that people have. And she definitely had one that day. I think overall, I always think about like how talented our team was, but how we weren't able to put it all together. You know, there was a play at the plate that I was involved in, some errors that didn't go well. And then obviously, when I was in, when I came in to close that game, I closed that game. Mm -hmm. Um, But before, you know, I came in, we were already down and just trying to keep ourselves in striking distance but we ran out of time and I just always think about just how I really feel like you keep going know she really stepped up and had an incredible Olympic experience and the USA team we just weren't able to to put it all together in that game it's that's sports you know <laughs> any given day any given any given pitch every every one of them matters I mean Obviously, everybody's doing their own things at home. I, I'm curious, what projects around the house have you been doing? <laughs> projects around the house? Um, obviously, I've been doing my home workout. I've been, you know, following up on things that I haven't gotten done, doing interviews, emails, working on, like, I don't know, Abbott Academy, which is my education platform with things like video analysis, mentoring sessions, online courses. Those aren't out yet, but they're all in the works. So things like that, just kind of things that haven't really got done that I could spend some extra time on and also just trying to, you know, think about what what the next four or five months look like for me because, these, you know, up to two weeks ago, three weeks ago, it was all planned out. Right. <laughs> so now, now it's all in shambles. So I'm also like... You know, I'm not working either, so technically, <laughs> but um, just trying to focus on some of those things and not get too down about what's happening on the news. Well, it sounds like you got plenty of things, plenty of things in the works. I can't wait to see all of it, really. Um, yeah. You know, we have now new Olympic dates, a uh, new target to hit July 23rd to August 8th, 2021. Let me tell you, Monica, the f- I finished a whole box of Keebler M&M cookies in the first four days of quarantine, but I'm no Olympian. <laughs> I, th- I know a thought was, are they even going to play the games? And then before the new yeah. Olympic dates were announced, how did you stay motivated mentally? Oh, my gosh. You know, it was um, – well, we got sent home. So we were on tour, and basically 
it, they were starting to announce, like, okay, you know, only 250 people in the stands, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. So we were just like, okay, like, we'll still play. We're still going to do it. We're like, games will be live other places. And so we just kept being like, okay, this is fine. Well, this is fine. And then all of a sudden it was just very dramatic. Like, you're going home. Like, get out of here as soon as you can. Get your, get your butts home. Like, <laughs> wow. you know, and then everything started getting canceled. And, but at that point, like, we didn't really know what our schedule was. So we were still expected to be training and being ready. And I think they gave us, like, a two-week kind of time span. You know, be ready by this date. We'll know more. So, you know, I was still training hard, trying to, like, get ready the best I could at home, trying to be creative and find ways to prepare um, just like any athlete would. And then you could kind of feel the tension starting to happen that, okay, potentially this could affect the Olympics. But it wasn't said. And then so the Olympic announcement happened about the delay or up to this date. And it was kind of a vague announcement saying that they're going to delay it, but we don't know until when, right? So then you're kind of like, oh, right, so like, could, is it is it in September? Like, right? Is it in the spring? You know, what is all that? All that preparation changes based on when it's when it's done, when it's held. And so it was really great that the Olympic Committee made the decision to come out earlier and just um, state that the games would be the following summer, so that we ha- had a better timeline. Um, and all Olympic athletes had a timeline for how to train and prepare and can really just focus on staying healthy and following the stay at home orders rather than concerned, being concerned about their training. Right. And, and you, you talked a lot about the, the physical part, but like mentally, like were there any, like, I guess, naysaying thoughts that crept into your mind at all? Oh, of course. I mean, doesn't everybody have naysaying thoughts at some point? Like it's, it's a mental battle. I think, I think just trying to like not let all the outside influence get you down and trying to stay positive throughout this whole situation is definitely, it's tough. But I think when you look at it, when I look at it, I'm kind of think about, I try to pick out all the positives that there are and the things that aren't happening. You know, I'm right now I'm healthy. You know, my family is healthy. You know, there's still food. I still have food. You know, I can still work out at home. You know, softball is going to come back. It's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still, like, a following people wanting information about the sport and, you know, wanting to interact and create that community and all the positive things that are coming out of it. So the world will change because of this, but I think it's going to change in a good way. Right now, uh, I'm reading a book. It's called The Mental Game of Baseball. And I'm actually right Mm -hmm. this minute on a a chapter called The Concentration at the Ballpark. And along those lines, I have a question from a former player of mine who now plays collegiately, Anna from New Jersey. And she wants to know, what are your thoughts on the mound during an Olympic game? Um, I think think, (laughs) it's funny that you asked that question because I think the best people probably aren't thinking too much. If you're in the moment, if you're completely invested in the moment that's happening you're not really thinking too much more than what's happening at this time so whether it's the pitch you're about to throw or the situation in the game or what the what you're going to do when the ball's hit to you and all of those sort of things so hopefully all your big time thinking and preparation is done prior to that olympic game 
And I'm thinking, just because I'm reading the book right now, they talk about stray thoughts. Do you have any stray thoughts that creep into your mind and how do you manage them? Usually if a stray thought comes in, I try to replace it or reword it with with uh, something else. And it really just depends on what the stray thought is. But yeah, you, of course, you know, they happen at times, but trying to recenter your focus and reword the stray thought into a positive is, um, or replace it with a positive as soon as possible is super important. A lot of my listeners are players. I mean, could you give an example of one that has happened? Okay, let me think. A good example is like, you, have you ever seen like how pitchers sometimes, like really good pitchers, they'll be throwing like a no hitter, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're going deep into the game, and then all of a sudden they're like, wait, why isn't anybody talking to me? <laughs> yeah. Has anyone got on base? This is a straight thought. They're in a dugout like, oh my gosh, has a, why are people avoiding me? Oh my gosh, has anybody gotten on base today? Have I given up a hit? <laughs> and then you look at the scoreboard and you're like, oh my gosh, there's no, wow, there's no hits on the board. Oh my gosh, that's me. You know, you know, whatever. Something like that. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. Wow, have I got a hit every at bat today? Like, am I three for three? You know, things like that. When those stray thoughts come in, like, how can you recenter yourself back to being focused in the moment um, to finish out the game or to have another good at bat and be completely invested in that next moment? I have another question from a former pitcher of mine, also from New Jersey. She said, what, she wants to know, what is your favorite pitch and why is it so effective? Um, I like all my pitches. I'm probably, I, my, one of my favorites and what I'm most known for is my rise ball. Um, I've just always kind of had a knack for it, but I just love how it explodes up, um, you know, sharply. And I think it's fun to watch people swing and miss on it. <laughs> Um, and it, when I throw a really good one, it really fires up my catcher and the rest of my team. So I think I like that more than the fact that it actually, you know, they actually swing and miss. Is I love the reaction that I get from the people on defense. No, that's a, a natural. I mean, I know pitchers have like natural tendencies. For you, it came easy, the rise ball? It definitely did not come easy. Like it took a lot of work, but mm-hmm. I had a little bit of a knack for it. Usually a pitcher, they ha- tend to favor one pitch more than another right when they're versus a rise and a drop ball for me the rise came a little bit easier than the drop did by the way i was one of those i struck out on a rise ball one time i still did that replays in my mind how did i strike out on that pitch it was perfect and then all of a sudden it was by my eyeballs so i think that's the most devastating Mm -hmm. pitch in all softball i'll be honest with you thanks yeah i think it's a it's one of those things that only softball players it's you know unique to our sport and only softball players can really understand right. what it looks like and what it what it does. But yeah, I love it. It's fun. It's, it was it's been fun to throw the pitch that's really impacted my career the most. So right. very grateful for it. <laughs> and Jenna, I love that thing. <laughs> Jenna has a follow up. She wants to know what is your favorite part about being a pitcher because she is one her herself. I mean, definitely being involved in the game. You know, having been able to have a larger impact in the game, because as a pitcher, you can throw, you know, you touch the ball almost every every pitch on defense. So um, I love that part. I love being able to kind of rally my teammates through my actions. Yeah, just putting them into a position, the best position to win, I think, is what I love, giving, help giving them that opportunity. 
I saw that you said, as far as pitching goes, I'll probably take a little break, manage arm conditioning until we find out the time frame of things. Now, we do have a time frame. Could you take me into your skill work mm-hmm. regimen? Not the, not the conditioning, but the skill work as a pitcher. What are you doing by yourself? Yeah, I think like right now, it's still kind of the same set quote. I'm just kind of like just managing arm care right now, just as far as like doing bands, like um, just working on shoulder stability, things like that still like wanting to touch softball because I just love the game and I, I can't imagine just going so too long without it. So, mm-hmm. um, just going out more so I feel like for my heart and for my, my mental game than so much working on like skill development, um, because everyone needs to re- be able to recover. And then over probably sometime after Easter and a little bit later in April, I'll probably start to throw again. I know you spend a lot of time with coaching kids and I've got a, like, like, you know, already, I think I've got a lot of listeners that are coaches and high school collegiate level players right now. I mean, in our times, could you give us maybe a few with minimal equipment skill drills that people can do? Um, I think anytime you can do just like mirror pitching or mirror hit swings, is really important. Um, you can do a lot of things physically for yourself that can help your game, such as just like lunges, like doing walking lunges or like step ups on the stairs or, um, you know, Russian twists. Those things that are all really good physical things that you can do. Um, I like, like I said, I like mirror pitching. I like to work on like balance with pitching or hitting would be really important as well. Anything like that. And then always use a tennis ball or a sock ball um, if you're inside the house. What do you think the impact of COVID-19 is on those athletes who, in effect, really have missed an entire year of practice, of competition, and of development? Well, not a year, maybe just a season. Um, I think for some people, it's probably good that they're taking a break because they probably haven't had one because they've been going nonstop. So that could really impact them. I think it's also going to create a better, a stronger love. You know, your heart grows fonder with, with distance. So um, it's going to create a more of a passion for this, for the softball world. How can they, these players work to overcome the lost time? Like, is it just, it is what it is, or can they then push harder in order to get to where they were before this thing hit? You know, I, that's a tough question. I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think there's lost time necessarily. I, I feel like everyone's dealing with the same time frame. No one got more time. Right. Um, people just, it's how you're going to use the time that you have. So I think individually you have to look at what your, what your body needs and what you probably need skill-wise or for your practice-wise on what you want to do. And then just come up with a plan for yourself. Like, do you want to do you want to work on be, being a faster runner? Do you want to work on throwing the ball harder? You know, things like that. And then maybe just spend this time focusing on that only, focusing on that one thing for a couple of weeks, and then pick another thing the next couple of weeks. Isolation. Yeah. And skill work, isolation and skill work, isolation in life, <laughs> isolation from the world. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just being, making a joke. If you can take pick up something that you want to focus on and 
work on diff- think about different ways that you can improve that. I think that would be a great way to spend this time as a as an athlete. Monica, you played professionally in Japan, the site of the twenty. 20- 21 Olympics now. How will you leverage that as an advantage for Team USA, your experiences there, having played there? Well, if I told you how I was going to leverage that before the Olympics, that probably wouldn't be a very smart move there. <laughs> okay, you got me there. But no, I, play, I played, I played um, for Toyota for, you know, 11 years over there. And you know, I love playing in Japan. It's such a great culture. They're going to put on an incredible game. Um, I do know that for sure because they have such an attention to detail. Yeah, I know I have a big following over there as well. So I'm looking forward to being able to, you know, combine my American following and my Japanese following and hopefully perform at my very best for, for both of them. Now, Monica, we're going to go somewhere um a little serious here because you're the first Olympian on my podcast and I've been curious about this and you're the perfect person to ask having played there professionally, as you were just saying, but the Japanese are calling this the reconstruction games. Have you seen yet the HBO real sports investigative uh, special on the radioactiveness of the Olympic site? No, I have not seen the HBO special. Okay. So for the listeners, HBO sent a correspondent named David Scott to Fukushima in December. And Kazunori Tanaka, the minister in charge of rebuilding the city, told him, the numbers indicate that there's no problem and that there's no need for people to be worried. But then you have, conversely, nuclear researcher Sean Burney on the show, who's been working in that area for nine years, told him, to say that this is a situation under control is a complete lie. And he continued to say that the Fukushima nuclear power plant is still releasing radiation. Has the Olympic U.S. Olympic Committee debriefed you guys at all about this or no? Um, with the Olympics being postponed, there hasn't been a debriefing yet. Okay. Are you worried in any sense of the word or, or just going to put your trust in that Olympic Committee that, that it is safe to play? I believe that the Olympic Committee will make the right decisions based on the health and of the athletes. So total trust in the organization, I'm getting. Um, I just, I think at this point, like it doesn't apply. Like that question is really hard to answer because there's, you know, the Olympics are postponed. We're not even, you know, five months out. Yeah, it's just, I have to trust what the IOC's decision is. Right. today right um whether that changes down the road um i don't i don't know but at this point they are my overhead governing body and if they think that it's safe to play then i have to trust that decision right well thanks i know that that was kind of tough we'll finish we have i have three listener questions for you first comes from john from long island and he wants to know who inspired you to want to get into softball my family started playing softball when I was really young and then my older sister played. So I kind of followed her into the game. Josh from Connecticut says, was there one drill or piece of advice from a coach or teammate that has made an impact in your early development as a player? Um, I just think my coaches, they made the game really fun for Mm -hmm. me and it made me want to continue playing. So it was fun. And the last one is Mike from New Jersey says, what advice would you give to someone who wanted to one day become an Olympic softball player? I would just say practice hard, dream big, be consistent. 
Well, Monica, thank you so much for your time. It was an honor, honestly, to have you on my Power Players podcast. Best of luck in the 2021 Olympics. Go and get that gold. Uh, thank you. That does it for this episode. Be sure to check out my past podcasts with UNC head women's basketball coach Courtney Banghart, president and COO of the Los Angeles Sparks, Danita Johnson, and broadcast legend Susan Walton. Also, if you're curious about my story, well, that's there as well. Have a guest that you want featured on my Power Players podcast? Drop me a line on Twitter at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N and on Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. See you next time. Amazon is hiring near you. Earn a competitive wage and start as soon as seven days. No resume or experience required. Health and safety are a top priority with all of our roles and sites. Amazon is taking precautions in our buildings to keep people healthy. Go to amazon.com slash apply. That's amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.